putting the stars in Firestarter. This is Cosmopunk. Theatre of the Mind, a homebrew Starfinder story featuring the crew of the Leica 7. Hi, I'm RJ and I play V, the Leica 7's morally ambiguous vest mechanic, designer of spaceships, owner of junk, doer of crimes, and I also play their drone flyby. Hey, I'm Cypher and I play Ryder, a small punky Yasaki operative who's part otter, part pilot, and part blender. And I'm Typhon. I play Radar, a cyborg Yamalton Coyote engineer. But for this campaign, I'll be the GM. Previously, V and Ryder used a strange headset device to enter a tangible render of Radar's mind. There are branches of twisting corridors containing his memories, and vicious mechanical tendrils which have attached themselves to various thoughts. In an attempt to defend themselves, the crew discover that they can create things in this place, but trying to construct the unfamiliar will give them a nasty headache. Travelling further down the corridor of memory, V and Ryder are attacked by more tendrils, but use their weapons to shatter the abstraction around them. They tumble down into a sunken place devoid of light. And that's when they meet an old enemy. Logos. A giant, demonic demigod, thought to have been trapped in the past on a desolate world. But it seems he escaped, and has been hiding inside the realm of Radar's memories. After a violent clash with the Colossus, V attempts to manifest the entire Lyca Seven thrusting it like a dagger into Logos's chest. The giant vanishes, leaving Ryder and V to dust themselves off after the fight and try to make sense of who or what they just fought. Episode 3, War Games. Right, you, you're you looking, both of you, rather sort of worse for wear um, after your encounter. <laughs> at, this, at this point, I'm thinking Ryder is like helping patch V up if they find like a quiet place in the, the foresty bit of glitch. Mm. Yeah. Or the, um, the memory you, of the foresty place in glitch. The the memory corridor, yes. Uh, do you have any form of medicine training? No. I need character sheets open. Oh, I've got some yeah. medicine training, but I don't have any uh, bandages or anything. Oh, V has, uh, yeah, V has a whole three or four in medicine. Right, so everybody stop. V, you can't doctor yourself, or you can, but it's at like half. Sounds like a um, coward would say that. <laughs> Ryder, what's your medicine? My medicine is 12. Roll a d20 and add 12, please. Sure. That is... Ooh, that's 29. You've learnt a bit about standard triage, so thing, things like just healing cuts, bruises, and open wounds, what to do. You're, you're a trained first aider. Um, all of these injuries are not surface. They appear to be internal injuries, um, certainly in the, the cranial cavity. If there are any injuries at all, maybe some light swelling of the brain, like a concussion. Um, we get brain damage? But it's okay. That's impossible. In short, there's not really much you can do. You can't, there's nothing to bandage. There's, there's no set bones to set, you know, broken bones to set. V's just got really bad whiplash by the sounds of things. They're just, they're just ex a little bit mentally exhausted, as are you. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, theirs is physically manifesting itself by them bleeding from the eyes. Oh. 
Huh. Yeah, that's uh, the you got a bit of um, you got a bit of something on your face. Well, I'm sure that's normal and fine. No, it's not. You got red on you. <laughs> Does Ryder have like a like a little flask of water or something? She'd have like a she's got a canteen on her. Just normally. she's got her. She does have a canteen normally, doesn't she? Also have her alcohol hit flask, if I remember. That she does come up in a couple of campaigns, but it is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, not sure if she'd have alcohol or water in it, but um, wondering if she's good. What does she? What does she remember having in it? Probably just water in it. Uh, and there's water in it. Oh, well, I just want to try and wash it. some of the blood out of V's eyes. If V has internal bleeding, they need to sterilize themselves internally, so they need to drink as much alcohol as possible. No, you don't have to use what precious water you have. You can just wipe the blood away. It's not yes. like the blood is caking their vision. It's just sort of out of the tear ducts a little bit, and out of the nose and the mouth. And honestly, it's a vesk. They kind of like it, I think. You know, the whole raw meat, blood. Yeah, we're not my blood. Other people's blood. <laughs> Someone else's. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, was that incredibly racist of me? I do apologise. Yes. Um, yeah. You're a bad person, and you should feel bad. I, I, yes, I will, once this is over. Once I'm done being God. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of gods, we need to kill a god. So. Uh, How do you kill a god? So. Such uh, divine you, and intoxicating innocence. You remove, you remove the root of their belief. So, yeah. here is the million credit <clears throat> question. Did we just injure Logos? Or did we just injure Radar's memory of Logos? Or are those one in the same thing? You, you're asking that to V? Uh, yes. <laughs> While she's like... V, um, v shrugs. Oh, she's like dabbing I... V's eyes off with some water from her canteen. Rada, I've got to tell you a secret. Uh-huh. I'm not actually a mental health professional. I just stole the shirt from someone. No, really? <laughs> it's true. There is no shirt. There's no shirt. No shirt. Shirt is gone. Of all of the people who I don't think will have gone to medical school, you're pretty far up the list. Yeah. I'm more pharmacy than pharmacy. <laughs> you got that from Twitter. I did get that from Twitter, as I get most yeah. of my jokes from Twitter. Ugh. Well, do you wanna do you wanna rest for a bit or how are you feeling? Maybe with a little bit of a nap. I don't want to stay in here too long. I don't know what the rules are. I mean, the question is how to get out of here anyway. We looked like we were on the right track previously. I thought those um, fucking tendrils stopped us because we were approaching something. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we can keep trying then. We can go back keep... to the real world, have a long rest, slap radar a couple of times for all the effort, and then go back in armed with memories of a lot more powerful weapons, Ian. <laughs> I'd rather keep going to the origin of uh, of this corridor. Might be some answers to the um, to what we want to know down there. Yeah, fuck it. What's the lose? Well, I don't want you to get any more fucked up in the head because of this. Let's rest for a bit. Yeah, okay. How long would we need to rest for... So yes, I have eight, uh, eight stamina... Uh, Eight hit points and zero stamina points right now. Yeah. Let's take a rest. <laughs> Let's find a nice tree to drag V under. Leave them there for a bit. Um, I, I can still walk. I'm not dead. I know you're not dead, but you look like you're dying. So shut up and sit under the tree for a bit. Everyone's dying. Just uh, stop, stop talking. 
Um, I have to ask, V, uh, you might be saying all this stuff, but are you actively resisting the small otter leading you to the very warm-looking tree? <laughs> oh, no, they've already passed out under it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> While they're arguing. Yeah, you... I say you set V in place. V's like eight times your size and, and body mass, so you sort of just guide them in, I guess. They find a nice nook and just sort of yes. into the There is a gentle boom. Roder is acting like a, like a fulcrum, just levering yes. V into place. Well, more like ground crew positioning a particularly large aircraft. Yep. Um, <laughs> so what is Ryder doing? Because V's passed out. And you, it looks like you're going to be here for a, a, a hot minute, so... Uh, she'll probably um, take a sec to rest up as well, like um, sit near them and just by their leg and like stare up into the tree line and just relax a bit. Yeah? Yeah, it's, she'll meditate. Um, for relaxing, a bit, relaxing's <laughs> a bit hard. Can you make a will roll, please? Okay, relax. well, re relaxing, yeah. meditating is, is kind of um, what she does because she's a yes. fucking weeb, as people keep saying. She is, but this environment is so very alien right now. And I mean, we live in space, so... Yeah, I get you. So D20 plus will, yeah? Yeah, just, just pass or fail a will check, and the DC is 12. So oh, okay. Roll a D20, Ooh. add your will save. If you beat 12, you can relax and chill out. Well, I beat 12, I rolled 12 on the dice, and I got 6. Well, there you go, then. It's, it's, not, it's not hard to just... There's a lot, there's a lot has happened for you, Ryder. Like, fuck me, a lot has happened in the past 24 hours. And it's just compartmentalizing that, going through what you can and the harder stuff, just putting to one side for later. Yeah, um, I'll digest this later. Yeah, you you could deal with this later, and at the end of the day, you you know that whatever conclusions you draw from it are only going to make you stronger, so you can relax. Yeah, Ryder kind of like uh, crosses her legs, puts her hands on her knees, and just stares up at the tree line and just shuts her eyes for a bit. All right, the sun or ambient light, shall we say, because there's no direct sun, is warm on your face. You can smell meadow, trees, forest. It's quite pleasant. Hmm. And that's how Ryder relaxes. <laughs> he does not appreciate it at all. To <laughs> the Vesk in the room. V, you're shepherded into this alcove by the small hopping otter. Um, can you make a will roll, please? I can. It's not going D20. to be very good. Add your will save. I'm not going to tell you the DC. Okay, well, that's 19 on the dice, which is quite good. And right. Well. No, will is plus two, so it's 21. You pass out. <laughs> You're in a realm of memories, given manifest by some arcane machinery that you bought off of, frankly, a dodgy bloke in a corner shop. But how you, as a visitor, interact with these memories takes on a physical form. You can, you can experience them. You can, they're, they're tangible to you. Now that you're unconscious, you've gone to another layer, mm. which it's is deception. dreams. <laughs> you, you pass out. You remember just closing your eyes and just being like, I need a minute. And then you open them again. The world around you is fairly well lit. There's a, a pale light coming through a screen in front of you. A screen that wraps around. You're in a room. The floor is metal, machinery that seems to be attached to your legs, to your back, to your arms, to your head. There's a visor over your face that you remember putting on. If I died. And there is a sense of power 
through the screen you see a, a field in front of you, a tree. It is on fire. The fire is spreading slowly, covering the grass around the tree, moving, living fire almost, spreading away from you, black smoke billowing from it, casting this otherwise blue sky day into the pale light I mentioned. You remember now that this is part of your mission. You are to move, you are to cut off the crossing of the river two miles to your front. You are the Naringa. N-E-R-I-N-G-A, Naringa. You are a 200 meter tall metal colossus. Your arms come down, they end in large claws. You know that there's all sorts of weaponry in them. You loom massive on the horizon, and you're not alone. You know that with you, to your left, is the Hrund, H-R-U-N-D, if you're making notes. Well, of course I am. <laughs> and you're advancing, you're, you're moving. You know you have to get to the objective, and that the enemies before you, the initial wave, you've scattered to the four winds, they've been atomized under your weapons, trampled into dust, blown away. And all of this sense of power just sits at the back of your head, just almost whispering to you. Go forwards. Quickly, can I look at one of my arms? And does it have yes. fur? Oh, wait, sorry. You look, your arm's inside the, the room that you're in. Yeah. Because as, as you move your head to look at it, on the screen as well, you see two giant metal colossal arms come up and your head you pivot. Okay, so the visor pretty much occupies my entire vision. Yes. Um, so I'm the... not sure if I'm me inside Radar's memory or if I'm Radar inside Radar's memory. Well, you, you look at your hand. You, you can you can switch between the view of the machine and your personal view It's with a thought. You look at your hand, and it's definitely not your size. But other than that, it is buried under layers of powered armor and life support systems and cables that seem to jack straight into you and run away into the ceiling. It's it's safe to say you're definitely not a Vesk. Not the right morphology. But other than that, you can't tell. Well, there's nothing for it. I'm going to have to wag my tail and work it out by the weight. <laughs> it's the only way. I don't have an answer for that as a GM. It's not a Vesk tail. There we go. Mm -hmm. Right. Confirmed radar. Yes. I guess we'll, we could say you're mm. radar Resist, right resists now. Resists the urge to check his pants. Yep. Mm. So good and honourable Vesk. I would right. never break my friend's confidence like that. <laughs> Sweats. You're, you're here <laughs> in, this, in this machine. I'm moving on from this. You're here in this machine. I'm trying to be serious. Um, you're, you're in the cockpit and there is a task in front of you and there is an impulse to do that task. But ultimately, you're you. What do you do? I mean, I guess for the sake of completeness, I'll head towards the objective. All right. Because I'm still trying to work out whether this is a radar memory or a simulation of something that radar did. And the turning point will be if I can affect outcomes. That implies that you have free will to affect the memory. And who's to say that the memory isn't just whatever you did was the memory? Hmm. It's all where's kinds of. Where's that fucking I'm a mental health professional shirt? Yeah. I want that back. You need to be a philosopher at this point. This is beyond mental health. It's um, all in your head, Luigi. Well, 
lacking any other options, I am going to, or V at least, is going to start moving this 200 meter tall colossus of a machine towards the objective just to see what happens. It's as natural. Oh no, make a wisdom roll, please. D20 plus your wisdom. Ooh. That's the 18 plus. Oh, plus zero. Fucking best. 18's fine, you pass it. It <laughs> comes as natural to you as walking, because that's all you do. You lift a leg and walk forwards. The machinery under you gives you some kind of tension to work against, so that your strides don't outpace what the actual machine is doing. So the leg comes forward, and in a giant swinging gait, the Naringa advances. And there's, as you do, there's a, a pulse in your head and a voice, and a voice that is eerily familiar to you. It almost sounds like Luca. And it says, Friend, advancing. What, well, as in V's Luca? Yes. Huh. This changes things. Reason like Luca? There's no answer. Yeah, I'm thoroughly confused. But I have a mech. I always want a mech. Said V, stomping down countryside. You advance past the burning tree I mentioned, and the forest behind it that is in fact on fire. Again, the fire again has spread, crawled, licked up trees, demolished things in front of it. It has driven this enemy of yours, this unidentified foe, these people that you don't know, out of their covered positions. It's they're in the vast open plain in front of you, heading desperately in full flight towards a river. Small, man-sized infantry units, larger, hulking, almost gorilla-shaped robots. Battle tanks, all in full rout, desperate to reach this bridge. And you know what your orders are. Prevent them crossing at all costs. Murder? <laughs> no, not murder, just prevent <laughs> them crossing. <laughs> it's not murder, V, it's war. Yeah, I mean, this is V, so... V's going to check their inventory for weapons. Oh, I don't have long enough in this session to list the amount of weaponry that you have on board. Uh, if you want, you can ask the... Uh, I nearly made it fucking clippy from Microsoft Word then. You can ask the assistant on board what weapons it would recommend. Hello, Alexa. <laughs> it looks like you're trying to commit a war crime. <laughs> uh, I have a bridge that I need to be several pieces of bridge. Find me a cool weapon to do that with. Recommend intermediate ballistic missile tactical warhead. Excellent choice, Alexa. Said V arming that thing. And then a different, much deeper voice says. Man, V fires Death Star lasers in their dreams. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the uh, Convention for Species Rights, Alexa? No response. Yeah, me either fires the weapon. Make a wisdom roll, please. Stop making me do wisdom rolls. A small yeah. No! No, it's part of the game! Three! The missile, nothing happens. Yeah. Try again with feeling. Make a wisdom roll. Stop making me do wisdom rolls. <laughs> oh, 14. Tactical warhead firing. And there's there's a, a rough noise. It sort of shakes the, the very hull of the machine. As something on your back leaps off of its mounting, arcs overhead, and in your weird sort of 360 degree vision that the visor gives you, your full awareness around you, you see it arc over the top of you, go horizontal, and speed off into the distance. Nice. 
there's a few moments and a few moments to get in a few more strides of this machine because you're still advancing as this is happening the arms of the machine out locked ready for combat and then the horizon ignites a brilliant bright nuclear white and the filters of the machine come up to stop you going blind because you've just nuked a bridge yeah, it's all right they're not my eyes and then the visor adjusts and you're confronted with that quite horrific mushroom cloud that all nuclear weapons bring. That's right. V doesn't feel at all guilty because they've already decided this is either a memory or a dream or a hallucination, and none of them involve murdering actual people. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's only a tactical warhead, so it's a couple of hundred meters radius at most, but whatever was over there you think is gone. Good work, Alexa. Team Medalson. From your left, a voice chimes in. Rund, firing. You do glance to your left, and the Rund is the same as you, a 200 meter tall colossus. Hunched, chunky, very squared angles. The arms come down to the elbow and then extend in long drums to claws at the end, like yours do. And her guns are angled, the arms are angled down at 45 degrees and are just firing into the ground in front of her annihilating what appear to be hidden infantry positions, some of whom actually stand against her and try and fire back with small arms, but the shield doesn't even register. And that's when you notice that you are starting to receive small arms fire as well. It almost casually informs you. Taking fire. Left quarter. One o'clock. 200 meters range. Infantry element. V is going to kneel this massive mech down and get the head down to as close as they can to ground level just to take a look at this thing that's like firing at them. The um, the robot itself can only kind of stoop, it doesn't kneel very well, it's not very mobile. It's very much a chunky, clumsy thing. But you do get down to a stoop and the camera does enhance because you, you want to get a closer view of this, whatever these are. Yeah. And you zoom in and these are human and they're wearing dull, browny, green uniforms, almost camouflage. They've got small laser-based weapons that they're trying to hit you with. Well, they're hitting you, it's just not doing anything. And there's there's a, there's a, a variety of expressions on display amongst these people. Most are clearly terrified. Some stoic, others just completely blank. But irrelevant of how they look, they are all firing at you and they are firing accurately. But they're not actually doing any damage because doing absolutely I'm a 200 foot 200 meters tall naranga yeah you are the naranga you're 200 meters tall not 200 feet 200 meters you've got about 30 inches of armor plate on your front all over your legs knees torso and face there the screen the screen isn't glass it doesn't like it's not a direct view outside you are in an armored box and this is a television that wraps around you so Alexis, does this thing have a pa Audio system online. Broadcasting. Attention humans. Uh, hi, I'm V. Uh, <laughs> long time fan, first time war criminal. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but you're shooting at a 200 foot, 200 meter tall mech. So, I mean, unless you've got something bigger and more explody, you could either just give up and I might let you live, or you can keep shooting and I'm going to kill all of you, kill all my friend here. 
who's also in a 200 foot 200 meter tall mech that can kill you the, all. Uh, <laughs> the sound comes out and actually kills two people near you because it's so fucking loud. They just kill over and start convulsing. Okay, that one was an accident. That doesn't count. <laughs> the rest of them just keep firing. They, like, oh my god. They clearly, like, you see the pulse of different waves of your voice going out, but they probably just don't understand you. Yeah, oh, I tried. Uh, Alexa, find me something small and murdery. Query. Uh, I don't know. Small explosives? Probably not tactical nuclear size. What's, what, what have you got that's between tactical nuke and handgun? Big laser. Yeah, big laser whip. Listing. Ordinance. Tactical nuclear warhead. One of times two in inventory. Chemical warhead. Two of times two in inventory. Foradyne 5000 laser cannons. Times two, one per arm mounting. 203 millimeter cannon. Automated. Times two. One per arm mounting. Yeah, that'll do. systems, six mountings. Times two, shoulder. Times two, elbow. Times two, kneecap. Yeah, I think the cannon was just vice for this. Cannon, selected. Alright, humans who don't speak Conan. This is your last chance. Stop firing and fuck off. Or, I don't know, die I guess. Have you stopped striding at this point? Uh, yeah. Or are you just, are you just, this giant ass robot is just walking through these lines, just making noise no. to these people. <laughs> They're as stooped over as they can be at the moment. Just like, looking right, so they, they have stopped them. I've got yeah. this, this mental image of this giant fucking robot just crouched down to an infantry line, just wagging its finger at them. Pretty just much. Yelling. <laughs> it doesn't really have fingers, it's got like the, the four compass point, like grabbers on the end mm. of the things, but even those, they're about. They're about like five meters long, so if you try to pick anyone up, you just crush them. Um, yeah. And that you can't really articulate with them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, V gives them the ultimatum. In common. Okay. Right. No, nothing. Again, they don't understand you. Well, peace was never you're, an option. You're speaking. You're wow. You're speaking <laughs> a language. They clearly acknowledge that you've said something because some of them have died from it. Um. But no, they're just they're. <sighs> The closer you get to the bridge that you've nuked, it appears that resistance is stiffening. People are starting to turn around and engage you. Yeah. I mean, it seems kind of futile since I've already destroyed the bridge. Like, oh, it's point, massively fucking futile. They can't yeah. do fuck all At this you. point, even just murdering them seems a bit mean, because they've already lost. On the other hand, there is like probably a completeness objective to this. And as we've, as V's already decided, this is consequence-free, so... Morally, V can do what they want. Well you're debating this, your camera's focused on three dudes kneeling behind a rock firing at you with their small arms. But then, just not in the centre of the screen, but off to the top left, you see a dude appear from behind another rock, and he's got something on his shoulder, and it appears to be a tube. Ah, someone bought the recoilless rifle. Your bravery has been noted. Points the cannon back at them. Uh, and there is a flash of smoke, and a very yellow warhead streaks towards you. Hmm. I mean, can I duck? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can try. You weigh several hundred tons, so you're not the dodgiest of things. Well, but he just swatted out of the fucking air with one of your arms. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if he was smart, he aimed for the chest or the head. Well, you were stooped down, so he was aiming for the face, uh, and the missile comes out, and it hits your shield. And the shield normally stops objects like this, but there is a bright flare, and the shield... <laughs> Sort of like it's made of hexagons. 
it ripples outwards and then collapses. And a bunch of klaxon warnings start happening on board. But before that happens, the missile continues onward and slams into your face. And it, it's, it has enough force to make you in the cockpit recoil like you've been slapped. Well, good news, you're gonna die. The Naringla takes... So if I was to give it a number of hit points, not stamina points because that, that would be the shield, um, mm. let's say that it has 600 hit points with damage reduction. This guy just did six damage to you. <laughs> yeah, but it's the principle of the thing, isn't it? Yes, it is, and it, it makes the machine judder. These people can hurt you, and will try. Well, arms cannon. <laughs> Which one? Not, not even going to turn the other cheek. <laughs> no, I tried turning the other cheek. I gave them a chance. There's, to me. It, in like in yeah. like the movie head of mine. This there's like this is filmed from their perspective, and it's a bunch of guys just distracting this thing while this dude is busy trying to fucking load this tube behind a rock. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. I got this. <laughs> it's like I got it. Fire the hole. Guy with the coilless rifle is clearly like the secondary hero of this this drama that's unfolding. The one that dies yeah, it, heroically, but strikes an important blow that uh, galvanizes the resolve of his men against these armed intruders. If he was going to survive another six seconds, he'd be named, but I don't think he's about to. <laughs> um, what's the phrase? I've made a god bleed. Yeah, but now I'm going to kill him. So. Yeah, well, he's, he says something. It's probably along those lines, a language you don't understand. Um, and he looks really happy with himself, and then the machine resets to where it was. And it, just, it, it makes the whole sort of like noise as the head sort of comes back. What are you doing, RJ? What are you? What cannon are you arming? You have several. Well, that's the thing. I can kill him, or I can make an example of him. Oh God. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What do I have to roll to just pick this guy up and crush him in my hand? Make Ugh. a Dex roll. D twenty plus Dex. That's uh, 13 plus... I don't want these dexes off the top of my head. Well, use your character sheet! Two. Uh, 15. Okay, as I said, the, this this machine is not designed for articulation, it is a machine of war. And you, you get that pressure at the back of your head that says, or it seems to move into your arm. Can you make a will roll now, please? Uh, 17 total. Will's easy because V has none. Actually, no, will, not wisdom. I have plus two yes, to that. 19. will. Right. The hand goes in, and the claws splay out, and the, the circular cross-section of the arm, which is bigger than a man anyway, just smashes the rock aside, turns the guy to a greasy spear, and two guys next to him, and just t takes a gouge out of the ground. Solid. Good work. <laughs> uh, what now? I mean, are the rest of them still firing, or have they uh, run away yet? Some of them are getting out of your immediate vicinity, but there's still bullets coming in. And now that your shield is down, you're starting to feel tiny pinpricks in your body. Yeah. Well, like I said, I gave them every chance to surrender peacefully. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. In your own language, that they don't speak. Peace was never an option, as yeah. you said. Uh, peace was never an option after they destroyed my shield. Up until that point, it was maybe an option. And I said they could lay down their weapons, and just because they don't speak common, then that's kind of on them for not speaking common. Because the, like, the clues in the name, it's common, and you're supposed to know how to speak it. I mean, V speaks it, and V's a best, so... Really, I'm doing them a favour. Is V saying all of this out loud? <laughs> <laughs> yes. While you're uh. arguing with yourself, or justifying things to yourself, I don't know, Prund contacts you. Prund reporting. Shield down. 
Closing in on objective. Smoke is thickening. Have annihilated times three brigades. Tanks. And uh, do you glance across at Hrund? Does Hrund still sound like Luca? Yes, it is eerily like Luca. Like, almost exactly the same. Why does Hrun sound like Luca? Why indeed. Does Hrun sound like Luca because this is my recollection of... Is this my brain filling in blanks or... Is it just Radar happened to know someone that was surprisingly similar to what Luke's seen it like? There's... I don't have an answer for that. I, I can't give you in character during the session. I'll explain it at the end. Huh. I have... I'm sorry to be the... I don't know, guy, but I don't know. <laughs> That's the GM for most, yeah. most of it. <laughs> I don't Lacking any better options, said V. Uh, do, hey, Alexa, does this thing have guys? Negative. Uh, who designed this? Does it have... Actually, no, give me the laser. Recommend for small, danger close targets. Seawiz, 20mm rotary cannons. Six mountings. Times two, shoulder, times two, elbow, times two, kneecap. Seawiz can be slaved to automated, secondary, system. Yeah, fair enough, you're the boss boss. Query. Arm sea can. Seawiz. Seawiz, armed. Would you like to assign to secondary, automated, targeting system? Yeah, sure, fair enough. If I can get out of doing work, then it works out for one for me. Seawiz, automated, target set to, all, aspect, firing. And now for the next, well, for the rest of the roleplay until you tell it to stop, you will hear the sound of nothing but 20mm autocannons firing it, in the background. because V's not directly doing it, it doesn't count as a war crime. No. So what <laughs> is Nudoringa doing now as people in her immediate vicinity are just being smashed to fuck by explosive rounds? And it, it's like, you, you know, like you get the automated anti-missile defense things on ships. Hmm. Oh, you mean it's the, those? Uh, yeah, you mean the Phalanx? Yeah, that's Seawiz. Close in weapon system. Uh, I've always, I've only ever heard to it as uh, referred to as Phalanx. Oh, okay. So. Then let me put it in, frame it for you, the player. That's six times Phalanxes. Yeah. And they're just, they're just kicking up shit all around you. Bits of people are flying everywhere. Tanks are being smashed. The fuck, equipment's being destroyed. Oh, I'm good at my job. So yeah, V's just gonna let the automated system do their thing. Like, their main curiosity at this point is why uh, the Hurund reminds them of Luca so much. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's almost like it's her in there. But V's compass mentors enough to know that they are still V and that this is all either a memory or a dream and that Luca is still yeah. very much dead. So they've, they've got enough wherewithal about them to know that that's the case. But they're still curious as to why this person sounds so much like Luca. You're still semi-crouched and stationary right now. The 20mm has stopped firing because everything within its effective range has been either driven underground or annihilated. Yeah, and let that be a lesson to you. Should be standing up. This robot is is screaming in some kind of fucking language that no one can understand, but they're just like casual sort of like pointed comments in reality. Mm. But in the battle, to these guys, it probably sounds like... A massive amount of reverb on it. <laughs> yeah, we're like 125 decibels, kind of thing, you know. Hey Alexa, clarify further objectives. Primary objective: prevent enemy crossing of river. Secondary objective: eliminate all hostile targets. Cool. Identify re remaining targets. Identifying targets. Scanning. Unable to identify targets. 
Scan block detected. We are being jammed. Identify jamming device. Unable to identify jamming device. We are being jammed. Yeah, my god. Who built you? You did. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Right, fair enough. Hey, Harund. Come in. Harund reporting. Sorry, I'm not doing Luca justice with my voice here. I'm doing the best I can, though. It's um, alright. Nobody except me knows what Luca sounds like because yeah. nobody either in or out of canon has ever heard them speak except me. Nobody's met yeah. them. No. Yeah. Nobody even knows about them. V's never mentioned them. Uh, Ryder knows of them from a scene way back in Glitch. Yeah. When uh, uh, you guys met them under okay. met her under the sheet. Yeah, Bath knew about them from a separate thing. Uh, I think Radar's the only one that hasn't directly met them, but probably has indirect knowledge of them from context clues from Glitch. Like, I think Radar's suspicious that something happened to V during the... We know, because he knows about the, the shipyard, mm. but he's not sure, like, the deeper relationships of what happened there. He knows that yeah. V clearly lost some friends, maybe, but not anything better yeah, or greater yeah. than that. Anyway. But, yeah. Uh, so... What did you do? Did you contact the Hrun Blast? Yeah. Are you being jammed, or is it just me? Hrun is being jammed. It's standard. We'll have to just use visual acquisition for now. Fair enough. Identify the source of the jamming, destroy it. I'll go clear out the rest of the spiders. We are trying to acquire the jamming device. It may be beyond horizon, beyond visual range. Yeah, figures. Fair enough. Our telemetry's not been helped by the nuclear detonation at the bridge. Yeah, that was someone else. <laughs> of course. Must have been the third Moringa class vessel. Yeah, is that back talk from you? Rund out. Mm hmm, that's what I thought. Said V, like stomping their uh, Moringa over to the bridge to take a closer look at what's the, back The bridge it. is still about distance away. Like over hills and trees, be it through a past a burnt out wreckage of a town. But the closer you get to the bridge, the more it starts looking like the Somme. Well, I'm in the ideal vehicle for crossing the Somme, so, you know. Yeah. And, uh, the first, the fasty start, the fasty finish. The Naringa stands upright, and as I mentioned before, giving you some pressure to work against with your strides, you begin to walk. And the stride continues on, big, giant, thunderous steps as several tons of machinery impact onto dirt and rubble. Occasionally, the sea whiz goes off, and another life is snuffed out like that. Or a piece of equipment is turned to mangled wreckage. You barely notice. The more you stride, the more in sync you seem to become with the machine, and the less you care. This is your purpose. You are a giant machine of death. You have one function. Your function is to kill what you're told. And what you've been told to kill is everything here between you and that bridge. At least that's what the little voice in the back of your head keeps saying, that pressure that I mentioned. The feedback almost from the machine that you're steering with not just your physical body, but with your mind. And onward you go. And uh, probably two kilometres away, you can see the Hrund marching, moving, hunting almost. Stood currently in a small wood of trees, kicking over greenery, occasionally cannons going off, firing into the dirt, explosions. Your view towards the bridge is obscured by a haze. Some of it is a nuclear fallout from your missile. A lot of it fires that seem to have been deliberately started this time to try and obscure you with an old-fashioned smokescreen. But 
you're so large that ultimately the weather up where you are is different to the weather down at your feet. That and I'm pretty sure this thing has thermal imaging. At least if if someone like me built this, it would have thermal imaging. It does have thermal imaging. The problem with that is that the smoke is not just burning wood and things. It's stuff like tire fires and things that fuck with thermal imaging and flare. Your fl- you and you can flip. You got fucking predator vision. You could just flick through all of these views, all of these different aspects, all of these different ways of interpreting light and sound. The smoke is very effective, very basic, and irritatingly effective. You've spent years developing this machine. It shouldn't be defeated by fucking smoke, but it is. But it's smoke. It's not like it's going to stop you physically moving. Bring advancing. Shield still offline. Trying to restore. Uh, yeah, V's just going to advance to the uh, the bridge point and go from there. I mean, the okay. rest of their objective is basically just stop anything that's still alive. So, can you make me three perception rolls, please? This is every move basically you're uh, making a perception roll. All right. So the first one is P is Bob's twenty twenty six, and then twenty four and fifteen. Your first move, you spot, very well camouflaged, but not effectively enough, a couple of battle tanks um, under camo netting and with like shru- all the shrubbery on them and everything, waiting in a tree line just off to your right. There's about four of them. They are crude. You can see the commanders very, very brazenly sat at the top hatch with big chunky thermal binoculars watching your every move and the turret slowly traversing, trying not to draw attention. Well, eh... Uh... I mean, I can pick up that tank. It's about half a kilometer away. Oh, okay, so it's not directly adjacent to me. Sorry, yeah, no, I didn't make that clear. Yeah, it's about half a kilometer away in a tree line there watching you. Yeah. Again, I have quite a lot of weapons, and as we've already established, I don't have the morals to not use them, so... Yes. You do know, though, that this is, you have, this is a reflex shot if you want to pull it off, because you've just noticed these. You have to get them. So what weapon would you like to use, and are you going to shoot at them? Alexa, I would like the laser, please. Fordyne, 5,000, laser cannon, arming. And that was uh, 12 plus reflex, which is plus 6, which is 18 total. So hit, their AC is 17 for vehicle combat. The laser sweeps across the tree line, just starts at one end, not at a tank, just at the trees, and just... A giant, bright red angry laser it doesn't make any noise except for the air that it ionizes as it impacts and the vehicles they don't get torn into pieces they don't explode they just melt everything inside like there's a few small explosions in the background from some ammo cooking off i'm not even going to begin to describe what happens to the crew you just everything and that area i'd imagine they died instantly because yeah uh, yeah there's nothing left just vaporized yeah See, and people said I'm not humane. Holy shit. <laughs> and what's, hori- what's even more horrific about that is it takes less than half a second. Well, that's less horrific. How is that less horrific? You just... That's terrifying to me because of its speed. Oh, but like I said, it's humane. It's literal instant kill. Yikes. <laughs> yes, but it could instantly kill you from it starting half a kilometre away and being at you like that. Well, if they didn't want to be instantly killed from half a kilometre away like that, then they should have bought their own mech, shouldn't they? You couldn't see it coming. But anyway, you that's what terrifies me. That annihilates that tree line. Hmm. 
Yeah. And again, at this point, it's worth mentioning that V used to both design and build shit like this, so... Yes. Um, it is a little bit of a power fantasy, I feel. What's another war crime on a big list of war crimes? Yeah. And V's also already decided for the third time that this is not an actual event and that they're either dreaming or reliving a memory. RJ, so, you don't have to justify it to me or Cypher. It's I have fine. to justify if, it at least at, twice so that people don't think V's a psychopath. But. At this point, you're just trying to justify it to yourself. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not working, but the sense So, yeah, <laughs> to cannons. Your second spot, as you stride forward again, is a series of trench networks and bunkers. Equally as well camouflaged if you hadn't removed all of their foliage with the blast effect from the nuclear missile that you dropped. And there's what looks like a bunch of people running into the trench lines to try and man some kind of emplaced weaponry, and another one hefting another shoulder launcher, but the Sea Whiz annihilates them. I've just rolled it and I got a natural 20 for it, so they're all just fucking dead. Just paste. Just, yeah, yeah just paste. That's the thing, you're asking V to play a game and V plays to win, so... The third roll fails. Hmm. The Hrund is off to your left and moving to sort of close with you, to intercept at the bridge. And at the last minute you see it. Three, no, six. Weird patches of ground that you don't quite interpret in time. And they fire. One after the other. Six guns, field guns. The netting falling from them from the blast of their guns. The shells, all of them, slam into the room. And it's not all at once, it's like bang, 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 bang. And the voice screams over the network as impacts tear great chunks out of its arms, out of its chest, out of its head. And they are relentless, one rippling gun after another, and they just keep up this rate of fire. Immediate retaliation fire, obviously. Make a reflex. Uh, I'm going to do an opposed reflex to see if they get another volley in before you can fire at them. Well, I mean, that was a nat 20, which is the best roll I've ever got while piloting a Hurin, so... Or piloting a Naringa. Right. Well, I'm, I'm using... I've just, I've just picked off the top of my head Radar's base reflex for this one. And I rolled a 20 as well, which makes mine 29. So what's yours? <sighs> 26. 28 26. even, sorry. No. 28. Yeah. Oh, that makes this all the more bitter. Heck. You react as quickly as you can, but it's not fast enough. The cannons rippling, the gunners sweating over the breaches, shells being thundered in. Traditional artillery. Big artillery. And the Harund dies. The head is smashed from the neck, the arms torn and sundered. The torso reduced to rubble from these explosions. There's... Nothing left, ultimately, but a crippled centerpiece and some legs that teeters in the wind and then falls to its destruction. Then, oddly, there's that quiet moment of silence as everything stops, because nobody thought this would fucking work. And you can see the gunners in their gun pits are all like, we got it. I mean, they got one of them. That's just it. And now, now, now he's pissed, so... Luca has just died in front of you. And there, you know they are dead. There was, you saw no emergency system eject. The head was smashed and crumbled into pieces. A horrific death. And the little voice 
at the back of your head says, shall we get them? Yeah. I mean, that just... Do do you say yes? Do you you let it? Fucking murder. Yeah. Fucking audacity of these fucking humans. Like, V didn't didn't start this, but fuck me, they'll finish it. Stop the war, there's been a murder. (laughs) In that instant, you surrender all control to this presence in the back of your head, and the machine goes wild. There is a pain that runs from your head all the way to your extremities to the end of your tail. It burns. There's all sorts of strange fallout happening as the neural net and the controls that you are with seem to take on a life of their own. The internal camera comes up on your visor to show you suspended from all of these wires and in all of this machinery. But there is a bright white light bleeding out from under the visor and out of your mouth. You are screaming at the top of your lungs, but you can't hear it. And then the camera switches back. In front of you, where the gun pits were, there is just a sea of fire. You are unloading every single weapon that you have, not only into these gun pits, but into every inch of ground between you and the bridge that you can now see. It is horrendous, it is horrific. People are being thrown in the air and torn, scattered to the four winds. There is nothing that will survive in front of you. It takes about five seconds for all of this to happen. The gunners at the guns, just gone. Like the tanks, the laser just wipes them out. The heat ray just smashes them to pieces. And you black out. And then you wake up next to Ryder. Hello, sleepyhead. Have a nice dream. Oh, I had a fucking weirdest dream. I was piloting a giant mick and wiping out an entire forest of humans. That sounds on par for Vesk. I don't know. It didn't feel like a Vesk thing. It felt like a something else. What do you mean? Also, I have a headache. Oh, we still got the headache. Also, I'm pretty sure I did a lot of war crimes, so... Ow. Yeah, you keep saying that, but whenever I ask you to explain yourself, you don't want to talk about it. So, anyway, I'm feeling a lot better now. How about we go find out what's causing radar? Yeah, thought so. Right. You feeling you feeling better though? You feeling more compassmentous? Uh, I mean, so am I back up to uh, full stamina? Ryder, I will tell you right now that nothing happens to you for eight hours. You you rest, you get your stamina points back. V, yeah. you get the same, but you're you're not mechanically. You're rested, but up here, mm, that's up to you to decide. But you, that's a lot. Has just Jokes on you. Up hours. there's pretty. Up there's pretty fucked up to begin with. So. Up there's pretty fucking empty. I thought you were about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, V has. Jokes on you. V I've always brain. been stupid. <laughs> <laughs> v can brain real goodly when they try. But. Yeah. Is V like me? Are they one of those people who's really intelligent but has like zero common sense? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, aw- you're awake and you're. At this tree, and you're, you're, you're recovered. Oh, blimey. Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. Did I miss anything? Yeah. Last thing I remember in this realm, I fired an entire spaceship at Lagos and passed out. Did you? Oh, yeah, you did do that, didn't you? God, this fucking place is weird. It's messing with my head. Let's, let's uh, press on if you're feeling like we can. I mean, well, I'm feeling all right. You sure? Stretches. Yeah. Ow. 
Right, right is going to sort of like nod, but with a, like a slight smirk on her mm. face, like okay. Come on, let's make some yeah. let's make some more ground. Yeah. Yeah, she'll uh, sort of like dust herself off, dust the grass off her pants, and um, continue yeah. going down the yeah, a bit of dirt, and continue walking down the uh, the memories of Glitch closer to the origin yeah. of this place, yes. wherever it is. V's paying attention now, so uh, they're taking a look at each of the memories to see if any of them look like the the mech memory that they were in earlier. Or the mech the memories in your immediate vicinity, and certainly as you start progressing, are the memories of Glitch, and then the memories before that. Hmm. The memories of um, Chemical Divinity going through kind of scatterbrained events of that era. Before that, you have Until Proven Innocent. Before that, you have well, V doesn't hunting. have until proven innocent. V doesn't, but you're looking at so all. Yeah, I was gonna say all of that yeah. is new to V because they were. Oh there. shit! Yeah, right. So you see memories of um, defending a house, a gunfight, beating a gangster nearly to death, something mm. about a snake robot, fighting um, the police. <laughs> yeah, fighting the police again, running away from the police, blowing up a tunnel with the police behind you, being wrongfully accused by the police. I'm doing these chronologically. Backwards. Uh, yeah, being set up for something else. Uh, some lights going dark, accidentally flashbanging a friend, uh, meeting this friend, not talking about his brother, who is an android. Uh, <laughs> and so on. So Truman Show. Yeah. Not Truman yeah. Show. What am I thinking? Memento. That's the one. Yeah. Ah, I don't. What do you guys get up to when I was away? Uh. Long story. We, we told you about this stuff, didn't we? I mean, you, t you told me that you got framed for a crime you didn't commit in uh, that there's an incredibly powerful artifact out there that you lost. Yeah, this but... was on this was on query, and yeah, we still still oh. need to fucking find that thing. I've, I've got the checklist of shit we need to do somewhere. And the word battery keeps appearing. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Radar's <laughs> setting up a tripwire in this one. <laughs> Are we wanted... Well, of course we are, but we knew that already. I mean, by specifically whoever we pissed off in this one, because I'm pretty sure this one radar's blown up a policeman. Let's not go back to query. <laughs> Stop Let's... making shit up, RJ. You know that's not what happened. <laughs> Let's never go back to query ever again. It's Fair full enough. of rich people anyway. It's fucking horrible. I didn't like it. Tis a silly place. <laughs> well, we're going to have a uh, chat about that one later. Before that, you've got a bit you don't recognise, which is verdant, lush, tropical rainforest almost stalking some kind of prey. Does he, is this the one where he shoots the dinosaur and steals their ship? Hunting <laughs> giant dinosaurs that clearly don't know how to pilot a ship, but also discovering a ship that's just crashed. Wait, Ryder, 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 look at this one. What? It's the what? one where he steals a ship off someone. No, he that's... told us he didn't steal the ship. We made that bit up. That's not what's happening in this memory. He's, <laughs> he's just killed a big, almost triceratopsy-looking dinosaur thing. Uncle Derek? Just, <laughs> and just the other side of it is the crashed ship box in a pretty good nick, actually, for a ship that's been there for about 100 years. So it's all overgrown with vines and everything. But he gets in, taps some buttons, and the system's light up. Yeah, thinking about it, I don't think a dinosaur would be able to fly that um, that ship. It's too big. Yeah, doesn't make much logical really sense, you know. Guess he really did just find it in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's in his memories, unless he's like lying to himself. 
So, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit! I should have done that! Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> a different narrative. He just embellishes yes. his own memories. Yeah. Uh, fucking missed opportunity on that one. Fuck. <laughs> right, anyway, yeah, so there's that memory. These are all of the, the old caves. You're very much back in the metal corridor. Mm. Um, well, if we can get back before uh, when we visited uh, Slipstream, in, that takes us back to the first time we met Logos, which I suppose... Theoretically, is the time we're most likely to find where Logos is near. Maybe? I don't know. I'm not good at this psychology. Rod is being very quiet as they're starting to approach Slipstream again. She's like rubbing her arm uncomfortably. Hmm. Well, because of all the drunken rider antics or because of the murderous rider antics? Uh, because she lost uh, three of her, well, two of her oldest friends there and yeah. needed the crew to come and save her. Not one of her and, proudest moments. And got possessed and cut her friend in half. Yeah. Again, not one of her proudest moments. Mm. You are seeing signs of damage that you saw at the very start, though, just here and there throughout the corridor, but it's not over any of the memories. Radar didn't um, see any of the the bodies of Ryder's friends, did he? He was, like, on guard in the corridor most of the time. No, he, he saw the one by the shuttle. And he saw uh, what's his name in the Arbory because he's the one who found him. Oh, uh, Paolo. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so going. So there's those memories. He's probably going to gently escort Ryder past those ones because you don't need to look at that. There's like there's so many that you're never going to see them all. So you just V can just spot them and just stand between them as they pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. to get this. Gets the message. There's memories of the blood zombie and the quote blood punched Hardio. Mm. <laughs> Uh, before that, there's the approach to the planet and the crash landing. There's the brief memories of the party and the failed matchup between uh, him and the Pine Martin. Mm. The little wheeler, yeah. 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 <laughs> there's there's a sensation of worry that they are in fact going to do something stupid like fire off one of the nuclear warheads. There's and before that, there is. A memory of him again on this lush planet hunting dinosaurs. He did it more than once. Yeah. How many of my uncles has he killed? <laughs> I guess he went to this place before. It was during Kronos. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's a point. He has no memory of Kronos because he wasn't here. He has no he doesn't even uh, know who fucking Logos is. He yeah. never got a straight answer. Well, shit, I was kind of hoping there'd be some kind of obvious solution to this buried in Radar's memories right about this point, so... Well... It shrugs yeah. to Ryder. We obviously haven't gone back far enough. We've got to keep going. Yeah. If you want, um, I can accelerate this for you as a GM. Um, it's up to you. So have a much flavor you want to put in. That, or we can do more wandering down memory lane, literally. <laughs> if, you pick up a, if you pick up the pace, you go past memories of... The stuff we did, uh, like against the Aeon Throne, and all okay. the way back, and then you get to memories before then, where you know, it's the crew doing various sundry other tasks that we never role played because it was before it was the before times. Then you get to the end of this corridor. Yeah. There's a memory in front of you, blocking away rather than either side. Are we are we tired physically from all the walking? Oddly, no. Yeah, I guess because mm. we're not actually walking, are we? Yes, yes, and no. The rules of this place seem to be that you seem to conform to most normal things. You do get hungry and you drink, but you're not tired. 
certainly not after your rest. It's been like a couple of hours just walking down, checking out all of these memories. But yeah. you don't feel any worse for it. Lastly, if I do get hungry, I can sacrifice five hit points and manifest a sandwich. Uh. Yeah, I guess. Aren't you on six? Really good sandwich. <laughs> no. A fucking good sandwich. <laughs> it's going to be the last one you eat. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, this memory in front of you, this memory is very different. This is not the, the bright sort of multicolor memory that you have all the way up to Radar that he remembers, even though they're getting a little more fragmented as you're getting closer to this point. This is a dark, swirling cloud, almost ink-like, and it looks like stuff's moving under the surface. And then suddenly there is a brilliant white light, and above it are your faces. Hello. That's interesting. That's a bad sign of this one. And then you two saying something in a language that you can't understand at the start, but then as you're speaking this odd tongue, like a, a later voice that's yours seems to narrate over the top of you, even though the lip flaps don't match. Does that make sense? It's like it's been redubbed. Watching it dubbed, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is the initial finding of radar in the tub. And I don't know what you two said, so if you would like an opportunity to roleplay it, allow me to set the scene. You're on your bridge. You've been orbiting this fucking dust bowl for about two weeks now. The information that you had that it was full of Archaeotech appears to be null and void. If there is any down there, it's in the zones that you can't go into because the ship has detected them as inimical to all life. Biohazard, basically. Not safe to go. Who's at the bridge and who is not? Who, who's in charge of the ship and who isn't at this point? Because one will be on, one will be off. Yeah, Ryder's probably going to be flying the ship at this point, trying to get in as close as possible whilst avoiding any sort of security devices that may be in play. Yeah, so flying the ship is, is a bit of a grand way of saying it. You've literally got your feet up on the controls with a cup of coffee because you're just you're orbiting this planet, like waiting for the scanner to find a hole and also doing visual looks. So you're just staring at fucking roiling dust cloud of a planet looking for a hole yeah very lazily just um, slurping coffee Ryder looks a little younger at this point her whiskers aren't quite as crooked and she's just yeah. um, just staring for gaps on the screen yep. and that's when you get the proximity alert Ooh. And it's, uh, we're, we're on CRT monitors aren't we so it's sort of yes it flashes red and then it sort of does the channel change effect and then brings up like the, the mother type face from Alien where it's like proximity alert 500 meters bow to off the nose two man sized object ID unknown Rhoda's gonna like peer at the screen read all the details and then um, lazily reach up for the, the headset that she talks through yep so to say uh V V there. V, what were you doing during all this? Uh, v be in the engine room, and they be they be meddling. Of course, V is <laughs> meddling with the ship. So downtime, I see. Yeah, the klaxon for your headset goes off. Hey, Ryder. Got something. Just uh, came up on the scanner. It's like a pod or something. It's like a two-man pod. Does does it look expensive? Uh, I can't tell from the weird CRT monitor what it is. I think we should have a closer look though. Do you want to, do you want to bring us in? If, it, if it's live support, it's probably expensive. I can grab it. Alright, what are you doing down there anyway? 
nothing. Instantly, can you see the uh, the engine outputs on your screen right now? Rod's going to have a look at the engine outputs on the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's on one of your many screens. They're like sort of down and to the left. Mm -hmm. What's happening well, on the engine output screens? I don't know. I was I was waiting for a prompt. Check <laughs> um, this out. The engine outputs go to like one hundred and fifty percent. I mean that's great, but why? The lights on the bridge get visibly brighter when that happens. Yeah, maybe don't maybe don't do that. That doesn't look t t um, healthy. Yeah, it's fine, but short periods. So anyway, I'm gonna leave it like this. And if we ever need to go anywhere really, really fast, then we're pretty much set up for it immediately. I mean, good. I like going fast, but I don't like blowing up. And that looks like the sort of thing that will blow up. I mean, eventually it'll blow up, but we just need to stop doing it before it gets to that point. So I put in this timer that says that we can't run the engines at this speed for more than the point where it'll blow up, so it's got power safe. Okay, V, V, I'm going to stop you now, I'm going to do a scan on this pod, and then we're going to go and pick it up, okay? Yeah, well, I'm gonna, I said, if it's, if it's life support, then it's probably expensive, and if it's expensive, it's probably worth something to uh, any of the scrappers back on either Ethical Station or like, any of the other Guild World site. I reckon, yeah. do a scan, make sure it's not dangerous, grab it, and we'll stick with the rest of the stuff, take it back. Okay, well there's fuck all else out here, so we may as well bring this thing in. I'll, I'll run a scan on it first, and then uh, head down to the cargo bay, open her up. And yeah, Rhoda's gonna do a quick uh, science scan on this pod, check if there's life signs on board. Alright, yeah. just roll a d20 and add your science, please, Cypher. Oh, Cypher. Yeah, you're, you're doing engine room tweak shit. You're making the you're making the lights glow. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I rolled a one, so. Uh, and it uh, would be. Um... So my my physical science is plus five. Yeah, physical science. So plus five to the d20. Okay. Ooh, eighteen on dice plus five. One, two, three. All right. So pressing pressing the keys under the monitor for the science scan. So it's it's big. It's chunky. This is our pre-upgrade. So it's 1970s tech. Yep. Typing it, hammering it in on the old ass keyboard. The scan comes back, it gives you a profile, it's kind of a, a doorstop shape, if that makes sense, so it's sort of more narrow at the bottom and thicker at the top, rounded at the top, uh, and then it sort of gives you a, a cross-section, does the whole sort of rotate thing uh, in glorious three dimensions, uh, and then it reads out, uh, type unknown, uh, power source unknown, possible outcome, life pod, life support reading 1.5. 1.5? Uh, oh, then it gives you a, a margin of error plus or minus 50%. Right. <laughs> yes, because I, I can imagine that's you mean how... it doesn't contain a pregnant person. <laughs> no, I imagine that's how V has just programmed the fucking computer on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely got one person in it. It may have one and a half people in it, and it might have two. Yeah, Ryder, Ryder just yeah. sort of, like, blinks at this and just shakes her head, um, and then goes... Um, back on the comms to V, like, much more urgently. Uh, v? Yeah? That's a life pod out there, according to this scan, and that, there's someone in there. Ah. Well... Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing they're still alive who's reading that, so... Yeah, really it's operational. Fine, I guess we'll rescue them. I guess. We, we kind of have to. We found them. Might be in distress or something. Okay, well, get the get the fucking med kit ready, just in case. We don't know what state they're going to be in. Might have, like, a disease or something. I mean, the state they're going to be in is frozen. Yeah. Well, we don't have, like, a, a quarantine area down there or anything. 
can we can we drag them somewhere? Can we like put them somewhere where they won't contaminate? I mean, if you want to not contaminate them, then you can put them in the pod they're still in, in uh, do a full skin and then make sure they're not full of some contagious disease before letting them out. Okay. Well, anyway, get down to the uh, cargo bay and get it ready to open. I'll I'll bring us in closer. V stubs out their right. cigarette on the the console and trudges down to the. Oh, you're oh no! On a spaceship that's horrendous. And putting out your cigarette on the fucking keyboard oh. so you got like burn marks all over there, it. Oh, there's a there's a line of burn marks that goes like up and around the keyboard. It's just, down it's just nicotine staling all over. All the nice whites turning yellow. Uh, it's presumptuous of you to uh, assume that there was ever pristine white on the ship to begin with. It was ever white, no. Yeah. yeah. No way. Anyway. Th this ship was built grimy. You go down to the cargo bay. I'm, I'm guessing you're suited up, so you're uh, you're perfectly fine. Yeah, okay, so if, we, if we're bringing something in from the cargo bay, V will be in their, their outside suit and helmet. Are you suited for zero G? Zero atmosphere, sorry. Uh, zero atmosphere, yes. Zero G, yeah. no, because yeah. the ship generates sorry. its own gravity. So yeah, be in... yeah, yeah, my bad. The mouth of the um, cargo bay opens, which is the at this point it's like the half the fucking front of the ship, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think after uh, your last campaign, we agreed that the, the the entire bottom of the Leica opens up to pitch it in, like a yeah. cargo ferry. It just it just comes straight down. On four pillars. Yeah, it's got like a drop and floor. Ryder, can I have a, a brief pilot roll just to make sure you don't accidentally slam into the pod and destroy it? <laughs> Which you're not allowed to do because that breaks continuity. Uh, 25 for piloting. I'm not going to lie. Didn't plan for this bit, but okay. Mm. Uh, 25 for piloting is okay. You easily bring the ship to relative matching speed to the pod. Move yourself so that the pod is directly under the, uh, directly over the door of the thing. And then V, you just got to close the door. Yeah, uh, V throws the switch to seal the hatch behind this pod. Yeah. Uh, it's a big old red lever with lots of articular arms. You just go, and something mechanical happens, and the thing just. And the pod is there in the center of the floor now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, V's going to get their flashlight out and uh, sort of like shine it over the roof of this pod. All right. The pod is probably about 10 feet long, as I said, sort of doorstop shaped thicker at one end, not like pointed at the end, sort of blunted. There's a screen about two thirds of the way up and it appears to be frosted. The, there's a lot of frosting of the hull right now as the atmosphere that's starting to feed into the cargo bay is hitting the ice cold surface and, and condensing. You hear little, um, little ottery footsteps running down towards the cargo bay. Hey, Ryder. Uh, you get there, Ryder, as yeah. the cargo bay is full of like dry ice almost where the atmosphere is condensing this is normal when something that's been out in space is brought into the thing and the atmosphere has flown over it but uh, it's at what I like to call terror height which is it's above the ankle but below the knee which for you is waist height yes which for V is ankle height yes so that's the that's what's happening yeah Ryder's got some um, some very basic medical supplies uh, she hasn't put her spacesuit on and she's also got her gun on her hip good call yeah, just very, very cautiously um, walking up to the pod, just like, um, uh, is it okay? Yeah, I mean, it seems stable. Said V, shining a light, trying to see what's inside it. Check, check the stats on the on the computery thing. The the lighting inside the 
hangar bay. Hangar bay? Cargo bay is being affected by this condensing atmosphere, so it's a lot duller. So the torch is a big help. There is a computer panel next to the screen. Hmm. Peeks inside. Inside the glass, armored glass thing, and it's quite thick. And you, you shining over this pod, you realize that it's quite battered. Like, there's bits where the metal's been sort of dented in, and there's, like, a plate missing. Nothing structural, luckily. But you can, you can see technology you're familiar with, pipes, wiring, screws, which is comforting because, you know, you've been in space and you found all sorts of shit. <laughs> but in the glass screen, it's foggy. It looks almost iced over. There's the, the, the ice crystalline sort of crisscrossing because this appears to be a cryopod. Yeah, yeah. Uh, based on my limited knowledge of shit you find in space, this looks like a cryopod. But you say you got a skin from it that said there was between one and two people in it. Yeah, which I assume means there's one person inside and they're alive. Rudder's gonna like ignore these bullshit at this point and like um, yeah. sidle sort of like underneath them and check out the medical um, data pad on the side of it, see if she can get any data from that. There's it's a pad. You don't know if it's medical or not. There seems to be uh, like a palm scan thing almost and a couple of buttons and a view screen and a dial and there are markings on them and you don't fucking recognize any of them uh what language is this v uh do for me no you don't recognize any of these oh they look like chicken scratches to you not gonna touch any of this stuff if i don't know what it does Ryder's gonna peer through the glass she's gonna like um breathe on it and like rub a little forearm on it <laughs> <laughs> yep you you try that it's really fucking icy foggy in there. You can't really make out too much. You get the feeling that if there is something in there where this window is, is at about eye level. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can either open it and see what's inside it, or wait for all this fog to clear. The contamination. That's the reason I didn't want to open this thing to begin with. Yeah. I'm on a spacesuit. Don't know what you're talking about. Do you want me to get my spacesuit on, you snarky bitch? Yeah. You know what? That's a good idea. Put your spacesuit on, we'll open it up, see what's inside, and if it's full of tentacles, then we'll either eat it or vent it in space. Why would it be full of tentacles? I'm, I'm going to get my spacesuit. Why wouldn't it be full of tentacles? Space squid. Yeah. And then just some knowing nods. It's not even the first space squid we've mentioned, so... Space squid. There was an incident, allegedly, in Hydrophobia, where one laid eggs in the cargo bay. But... And then V made omelettes. And then V made an omelette. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, Rudder's gonna go get her um, spacesuit, put it on, zip it up, test the air, and then come back, and then All give green. a sort of knowing nod to be all green. Yeah, and try and open this thing without damaging it. Uh, I'm gonna need engineering rolls. That sounds like a job for me. <gasps> Nat twenty. That is a job oh, for me. You have it. <laughs> right. Thirty-five. Excellent. Can I now have a life science roll, please? Just V. If V is opening this thing, Ryder's going to just have like her gun trained on it. Yeah, that's fine. Your your gun is readied. You're not taking yeah. any chances with this. That's very wise. Oh, bad news, radar. That's three. There's. It's pretty simple. You understand. This thing's got a hinge on it. For example, you're pretty sure it's one of those like hidden ones where it just it'll pop up and then fold outwards from the foot. Makes sense. Most pods are designed that way. This control panel, though, is different. 
and it gets to the point where you can't really like interpret it so you just you do the next best thing you start pushing buttons and twiddling dials twiddle the dial nothing nope run your thumb across the scanner bit you know like the uh, old um, solar panels or a calculator you know you could put your thumb Mm. over it and turn it off there's like one of those on there run your thumb across that nothing tap the bigger screen twiddle the dials again press some buttons and then there is a clunk run flinches progress and then after about (laughs) ten seconds of silence there is the sound of something whirring and clicking inside and it's coming from the entire length of the pod and then you can hear screaming and then with a bang the lid falls off V V what the fuck do you do I pushed every button. The room is instantly filled with dispersing fog and cryo smoke. So, wall of cloud basically just spills out. And for a moment, uh, perception rolls, please. Uh, he is for you perception. You will not believe this. Is that another nap? It's a lucking fucking 20. <laughs> so you both see it. Something stands up in the smoke. It is lumpen shaped. It's got way too many tendrils. But it's instantly going to take a shot at it. Oh, fucking perfect. Uh, roll. <laughs> if Ryder sees that, it's just like, nope. Yeah, I'd have done the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't need, you've got it. You had your gun ready on it. Don't worry about rolling damage. The shot rings out. It slams into this thing and this horrendous, like, animal noise just fills the air and then the shape falls back into the pod where there is more whirring and clicking and grinding and screaming and the sound of metal being bent and things being pinned and welded into place and how to describe it things being rotated and locked Ryder's Ryder's sort of going oh shit I shot him yeah I mean good shot though Ryder you're not quite sure if you actually saw something or if it was a shape in the cloud, but yet whatever it was, if it was there, you definitely hit it. Yeah. If not, you hit my shit yeah. and you'll be charged with damages. And then eventually the fog starts to disperse and you're left with this... It's a bathtub almost now, um, without the lid on it. V, v, get back, get back. There's, there's fog over the top of it. <laughs> Ignores Ryder and pokes the head in. Like, well, not in, but over. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> As you loom over it, a hand comes out and grabs onto the edge. Ah! Holy shit, it's got... Shoot it again! It is metallic, silver. It's a synthetic arm that you don't quite recognise, but again, the universe is big and scary and there's all sorts in it. And then a second hand. This one's organic. It is the, the handed version, so if this one's right, this one's left. And it's furred. Looks familiar. And it pulls itself out and flops with all this fog trailing off of it, this shape. This mass of, of hair and fur staggers upright. The fuck is that? Just like half a blocker. And says something in a language you don't understand, but watching in the memory you hear overdubbed in your head, where am I? Who are you? What the fuck happened to me? This isn't my arm. Rod is going to punch it. Yeah, V's going to punch it as well. And at that <laughs> moment, as the double-handed fist thing comes in, the memory ends. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly how I thought that was going to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello everybody, and once again, thank you for listening to Cosmopunk. We're now officially in Season 2, so if you're not quite sure what's going on, or you've missed a bit, uh, there's a special Season 1 recap called the Cosmopunk Omnibus that comes just before this campaign. We're still on all the regular podcast and social media sites, go and follow us there, go and tell your friends about us, links to them are all in the description. We're also still trying to push on the Spotify app, so if you have that on your phone, please give us a nice review, that would be really cool of you. Once again, thank you so much for listening, see you in two weeks, and as always, shoot straight and roll high.